This physical reality was designed as a mirror hologram. It was designed this way for the purpose of learning. And what better way for us to learn, to discern, to give rise to new desires and to improve upon our previous thoughts, than to come to a time-space reality where our thoughts manifest externally in a 360-degree way. Your reality is nothing more than the thoughts that you have thought enough that they have now become physical manifestations. This is true for everyone's life. We look at those physical manifestations and we call those proof. But the thoughts that people think and the beliefs that they hold are different. And so people create different realities. And so people are looking at different proof. A person who thinks and strongly believes that God does not exist is going to manifest all kinds of manifestations that line up with that belief. They're going to manifest plenty of proof that God does not exist. Whereas a person who believes and does think that God exists is going to manifest all kinds of physical proof that God in fact does exist. One is no more right than the other in terms of their own subjective reality because you are always right about your subjective reality. But subjective reality does not necessarily reflect objective reality. It simply reflects your beliefs and your thoughts. It is true that there are some things that we agree on, which is the same as saying that there are some things we share a similar perspective about. For example, we can experience the same event or see the same proof, but we make the assumption that this is because there are some things we do create and some things we don't create. This comes from the belief that this reality is created by outside forces. It exists separate from us and we are experiencing this external world. But this is not what is happening. If we experience the same event or see the same proof, it is because we are currently co-creating. We have managed as individuals, usually based on having adopted similar thoughts and similar beliefs, to manifest the same event and therefore witness that event from our individual perspectives. You can understand this idea of co-creation better by looking at the symbol called the Vesica Pisces. The symbol which best represents and reflects universal consciousness, in other words, source energy, is a sphere, the symbol of a consciousness with no beginning and no end, continually existing, perfectly formed and profoundly symmetrical. But the addition of a second sphere represents the expansion of unity into duality. The second that you add a second circle, consciousness is no longer unified, it is split, split into two perspectives. This is what gave rise to the idea of God and Goddess. But our understanding of God and Goddess is a misinterpretation that occurred when we personified and humanized the concept of God and Goddess. God and Goddess did not originally mean an omniscient female being and an omniscient male being. It meant polarized perspectives within consciousness. It was said for thousands of years that by overlapping the two spheres, the God and Goddess created a divine offspring, an offspring such as Jesus, which is why the Vesica Pisces has been used as a symbol for Jesus. This is again somewhat of a humanized interpretation. The space in between the two spheres where the spheres overlap does represent creation, but it represents co-creation.
It represents two perspectives coming together to create and perceive the same thing. And this is indeed how this physical reality came to be. It is a co-creation. There are aspects of this reality that all of us co-create and thus co-experience. When this occurs, we are perceiving what is between the two overlapping circles of our perception and other people's perception. But this does not mean for a second that you can create in someone else's reality. You cannot impose your own creations on their reality any more than they can impose their creations on your reality. The only way you can experience anything is if you have vibrationally lined up with that thing prior to the experiencing of it. The same goes for the other person. The murderer has created the murder. He has not imposed his own creation of that murder on the victim. The victim has created the murder as well. The victim did not impose the murder on the murderer. Both of them became a match to that same event separately in their own lives, which is why they are playing different roles of the exact same storyline. So you see, it is impossible to round everyone up and get them to agree, because we are all thinking different thoughts, and those thoughts are all manifesting as a different reality, and so we are all looking at different proof. It is possible that we may show our proof to another person, and they may adopt the frequency of that proof enough that they are now going to manifest it in their life, so they will see the same proof in their life as the proof that we see. But this influencing is all that can really happen here. We are in no way creating their reality for them. But this is the real reason that no one can agree. And it's annoying when no one can agree if you are still trying to get a grip on the truth of reality instead of realizing that there is no one reality. It is frustrating when we are looking for the truth instead of our truth. We feel hopeless when we want to know what is right according to an external truth. But people whom we look to to provide that truth for us disagree with one another even when they are experts in the exact same field of study. Doctors disagree with doctors. Carpenters disagree with carpenters. Coaches disagree with coaches. Governments disagree with governments. And spiritual gurus disagree with other spiritual gurus. This will be the way of it because expansion is born from a variety of perspectives. No expansion would be born out of a time-space reality where there is only one perspective. Because of this, your life will continue to remain extremely painful if you look for validation of truth anywhere else but with yourself. Take time to release your own fears so that they no longer cloud your intuition, because fears cloud intuition in every way. Then, observe other people's thoughts, opinions, and beliefs. Examine their proof which they're providing, and check those beliefs and that proof next to your own internal guidance system. Check their proof, their beliefs, and their thoughts which they are offering to you against your own internal sense of knowing, against your own intuition. If you find that something they're saying resonates with you or is useful to you, then adopt it. If you find that something they're offering is not useful to you and does not resonate with you, then don't adopt it. You can leave it where it is. Examine your own beliefs, your own thoughts, your own proof. 
If it's useful to you, if it resonates with you, if it benefits you, then keep those things in your life. If not, then it's time to let them go. Your desire to round everyone up and to get them to agree on the exact same proof and the exact same things comes from an insecurity that you have in your own personal truth. You feel as if you need external validation in order to be solid in that belief. Most of us feel this way when we believe in an external truth, when we believe in an external reality which we still need to know the truth about in order to stay safe, in order to succeed. In truth, you do not need one person to understand you or agree with you in order to lead a happy life. And a happy life is really the only reason we want them to agree. We want people to agree with us. We want people to agree with each other because we think that it will lead to a happier life. But as I've said before, this is going about it the hard way. We should be brave enough to cut out the middleman and to just go straight for the happiness instead of trying to find happiness through means like trying to get everyone on this earth to agree. When you are trying to make a decision for yourself and the people you are looking to for advice don't agree, the key is to forget about the notion of someone being right and someone being wrong. That notion is resistant to nature. And explore their perspectives fully and then ask yourself two questions. Which perspective resonates with me more and my own current personal truth? And which perspective is more beneficial and useful to me? Don't worry about getting this wrong or getting it right. Because you live in a universe where there is no predetermined wrong or right. All there is is wrong or right for you personally. And if you happen to make the wrong choice, you haven't lost anything. You've gained valuable insight. Because you can only know what is right for you by knowing what is wrong for you. And everybody in this universe experiences the same pattern of trial and error learning that is the way that we learn. And the good news is that you can always change your mind about something. And if you can always change your mind about something, then you can always change the reality that you experience. Disagreement is not what we think it is. It is not a battle over truth. Disagreement is a means through which the universe expands. Opposing perspectives is what enables us to explore perspectives and ideas that we would never have opened our mind up to before. It is causing the expansion of our perspective and thus it is causing the expansion of our universe. Disagreement is contrast in variety which not only allows us to become more, it also enables us to find our own personal truth if we let it.